Welcome back to another episode of the Neurotech Human Enhancement Podcast. We have another great guest for you today. We have none other than Steve Chapman, who is the current founder and director of Shine Beverages. And Shine Beverages are creating the best nootropic ready drink products that I've tried. Based out of Sydney, Australia, they are now available in every single postcode in Australia. So no matter where you, where you are, you can get your hands on one. But outside of the business, Steve shares his backstory, how he got into health, how he got into business, and how he takes some interesting turns and discusses, for one, how his first business led him to getting sued by Facebook. <laughs> and then we delve into the importance of mindset, the importance of personal development on your life and business. So that's that's an interesting insight. So we share what we would do, what we'd learn, and what we would tell ourselves if we were 10, 15 years younger than where we are today. So get your notebook ready and get ready to take some notes and learn some quality, interesting information from another great character, Steve Chapman. We're in business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How's life been treating you in this whole coronavirus business? Uh, getting used to it, I think. I'm kind of think? enjoying being, uh, yeah. kind of optimizing a few things in the schedule and uh, I was just out before going for a run around Manly and kind of getting to enjoy uh, my home home suburb a bit more than usual. Usually, kind of just in the office, uh, sunset, sun, sunrise. <laughs> I know the feeling. Just keep doing as yeah. much as you need to get done to uh, get everything yeah, for the day out of the way. Brisbane, yeah. yeah, yeah, me and um, the company Neurotech's up in Brisbane. I think I spoke to Philip, right? Yeah, Phil's the other co-founder. I he mentioned he's spoken to you. Yeah, cool. <laughs> So how's your, um, when you get started with the, the podcast, what's your thoughts with your, your plan with it? Uh, as a whole, really what we're trying to do is branch out and provide more value to people in whatever way we can. So we can give them the product, which is awesome, incredibly valuable, but realistically giving someone like the, even just the health benefits and get everything in their health in order is only give them half the battle. They need to like for us, our personal development and learning from some people who have some great knowledge has been equally as helpful in helping us become more productive and better at life and business really as optimizing our health. So we want to help bring that to the people who are looking at the health side of things and get them to realize and then give them the knowledge that they actually need to like better themselves really. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So um, you follow Gary Vaynerchuk online much? Yeah. yeah I followed him a fair bit. <laughs> was He's... that any part of the inspiration was from Gary V a bit? For the podcast? Yeah. Uh, not particularly. We really, We've been speaking to a lot of people with a lot of knowledge, so researchers, scientists, CEOs, people who started companies, and realized that when we were describing that to people, they actually were like, oh, wow, tell me more about that. So they wanted to know about oh, it. Yeah. And we're like, oh, crap, we probably should be recording this and sharing it more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's really where it came from. And like, we've only been doing oh, it for good. a couple of weeks. I think this is probably the sixth episode. Yeah, nice. Yeah, but there's yeah. so much valuable information that kind of when you're starting a business that you just wish you knew that, yeah. you know, you kind of learn either the hard way or someone tells you, thankfully, and then, you know, it just kind of gets trapped the knowledge behind closed doors. But um, yeah. I think we're doing, yeah, spot on, like just spread, spread the, the positivity and, you know, the, the knowledge and hopefully it just means one less scar for someone else. Get it wrong. Exactly. And like we've made our first year mistakes. So if we can help people not do that, that's a benefit for us. <laughs> yeah. Cause you guys have been going for a couple of years now, haven't you? Like, and you had like a, a V1 and then you kind of reformulated a V2 recently yeah. launched 
Yeah, yeah. So we had Clarity, which was our first one, which was like a ready drink, or not ready drink, sorry, a powder that you mixed into ready drink, short acting nootropics, similar to Shine, but with a few more things in it, really. And we decided that we'd kind of made a massive mistake and we created something which was good, but it replaced people's coffee. <laughs> and that just didn't work for like the market we were going for. So they were, yeah. you know, the feedback we were getting was that when they take it, it works and it's quite good, but it doesn't really fit into their routine and they have to make a choice between that and a coffee and they don't want to take coffee and then that later on and have too much caffeine. So we went back to the drawing board and essentially thought what is going to give people the most benefit and what do we want the most? Something that's going to really make the most out of everything else you're doing. So something that's going to help your body utilize all the nutrients, all the training, all the mindset things, all the caffeine and everything else you're taking to the best of its ability. So that's what we came nice. up with in hands. Yeah, perfect, man. I'm keen to, keen to try it one time. Yeah, we'll send you down a tub. You have to shoot us your email after this. Oh, yeah, address. Yeah, fantastic. Love to get some feedback. Yeah. Wait. Should we love jump jumped, in? I wish I could talk more in, in Shine, but uh, <laughs> we, we kind of, as you know, get you restricted when you kind of start doing food and bev, you know, what people can put in their bodies and what food standards think is acceptable and, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a fine line and we're treading that line as well. It's interesting. There's a lot of cowboys out there. Yeah, if I was, if I put my personal stack in, in, in a drink, it definitely would not be allowed. <laughs> yeah, same here. Like a lot of the things that you know work and you can use it overseas and there's evidence supporting it. Australia just doesn't like it. Not yet. Well, I think we're, in fact, could be even getting more restrictions coming in, not less, right? Yeah, that was that thing that was going around last year for the... Supplement, like re review yeah. of the standards or something to try and do a supplement clause. Big... Uh, it seems like there's been a lot of pushback, so hopefully they'll have another look at it and see whether they can change it at least before they bring it out. Because that would yeah. mess up a lot of cool companies. A lot of companies doing a lot of good things and creating some benefit. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, should we should we jump into it? I got. Yeah. I always like to start off with a bit of the background because I know you've had an interesting trip into like the business world and the health world. So if you want to give us a bit of your background, like the story of how you got to where you are now, that would be, I think, very helpful and insightful for a lot of people yeah for sure man um i think yeah obviously um steve chapman founder of uh, shine drink started business just under four years ago and um why i got into it it's kind of yeah like an entrepreneurial journey i think to end up where we are right now uh, as a kid you know grew up in sydney here very much kind of entrepreneurially minded even though i didn't think entrepreneurship was a word back then it was everything from you know the the, the kind of newspaper routes locally or start a car wash business or a bit later on, I'd, you know, buy GHD hair straighteners from, from eBay and then, you know, sell them to all the girls in the Eastern suburbs in Sydney here. And, um, Classic. you know, got caught, caught up from customs and that stopped that put stop to that pretty quickly. But, uh, everyone around me was like, Oh, you're going to be good at business when you grow up. And, um, I was like, yeah, if this is business. Then I, I'm, you know, all for it. It's, it's a lot of fun solving problems, you know, making some money or, you know, leading people or whatever it was. And I ended up going, okay, well, business, what's that? And, you know, I think you look at your mate's dad's is like the options back then. And one yeah. was an investment banker at uh, Merrill Lynch and he was a CEO. And I was like, cool, that's now the picture of success for me in business. And, All the money, um, you know, I got internship. Yeah. A couple of weeks later and put a little suit of tie on as an intern or whatever at 16 and, um, thought, okay, this is, you know, how do I get here and navigate my career? And um, just after high school, 
couple of weeks later, I started at PwC because they were the only ones hiring straight out of high school. Um, you know, I was going to spend maybe two or three years there and then jump across into investment banking. Um, but very quickly realized this was not entrepreneurship of what I was doing as a kid. It's not yeah. what the fun side of business was. Um, you know, I was auditing Westpac and um, just kind of dreaming of doing other things. And I was, I was reading books finally, like as a kid, I never read any books. Um, couldn't finish them. Like my, my brother would smash through Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings and, you know, I couldn't even get through the half of the first one. And I picked up Richard Branson's book, actually, the first book that yes. I just read cover to cover. I couldn't put it down. And I was like, something about the content in here just spoke to my heart so much. And I started reading and looking into like Zuckerberg at the time and what he was doing with Facebook. And they just bought Instagram for like a billion dollars after 18 months. And I was like, like that's what I want to be doing. I want to be yeah. building companies and selling them to Facebook for a billion dollars. And who does? Um, that was kind of the, the business plan. So you know, two two years into PwC, I started building this app on the side, which is yeah, the business plan was literally build it and sell it to Facebook. And uh, so much so, I called the app Face Buy. Like it was like Facebook Buy me. Like I was all in on that plan. <laughs> um, but it was the combination of um, eBay and and Facebook. So kind of what Facebook Marketplaces is now. Mm. That you know, 10 years ago with um, with like some payment gateways and auction systems and a few things like that. And I think the idea was correct. Just the execution was shockingly bad as a 20 year old, 19 year old yeah. time, trying to figure out how to build a tech business and trying to raise money and trying to, um, you know, design the thing, UI, UX, and I, I knew nothing about it. Um, so publicly, whilst I made you know, a lot of good headways with thousands of downloads and Apple featured the app in their top apps and things like that. Um, I just made every mistake as you could. And my biggest problem back then was, you know, through high school and things like that, I just developed this ego, mm. more of a, like a defense mechanism for my own insecurity effectively. And I carried that into PwC and almost that reinforced this ego because I was kind of young and, you know, on the path to success yeah. from a traditional sense. And, you know, then I brought it into the, the, the startup world where, you know, I then got featured in some magazines and a few entrepreneurship lists and things. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm, you know, going to be the next Zuckerberg in a couple of years. And I just generally believe that narrative I was playing myself. And um, so I didn't ask people for help. I didn't reach out to read the books. I didn't, you know, learn as much as I could and just mm -hmm. try and see, see what help I can get from other people who've done it before. Mm -hmm. And, and that just led to all these mistakes internally and, um, ultimately got sued and shut down from Facebook um, really? and a bunch of other things happened and lost about a hundred thousand um, before wow. my 21st birthday, which was uh, effectively what I now look at like my MBA. But at the time, man, it was a fucking dark period. Like it's really, really shit. Yeah. I can, imagine that. I can imagine that. Starting my career well behind where, where I thought I would be in, you know, only months earlier. And the, the insight I got from that kind of dark abyss was, um one i had this ego and then two i needed to solve that before i could i guess succeed in entrepreneurship in any way yeah. so i started reaching out to a bunch of different entrepreneurs and mentors uh in australia in terms of uh, you know read the young rich list or brw you know, fast starter lists and um mm -hmm. gq awards and stuff like that and just going who, who can i learn from that's you know being successful and starting the business before because you know previous business icons i looked up to you know I realized entrepreneurship of starting something is very different to, you know, running something in traditional business sense. So um, that's how I came across the um, guy called Sam Prince. He was a doctor 
philanthropist, successful entrepreneur, um, just an incredible human, you know, all around. And he was only 30 at the time. And um, I thought I didn't want someone with too much gray hair to not remember what it was like to start out. And, you know, I wanted yeah. him to kind of still remember the first few blows and what was like the few things that really got him started. And um, so I had a mate who was a DJ and um, he was mutual friends with Sam. He was like the one mutual friend of Sam I could find. So I got um, the DJ to invite Sam to this kind of new event opening that they were doing. And I knew Sam didn't drink much. So then I went there and um, I drove as well. So then like the two sober people at any party end up kind of chatting yeah. um, quite out. deliberately. And we, we really hit it off. Like we had a passion for entrepreneurship. We had a passion for basketball, for hip hop and a few other things. Um, we ended up just having a really great two, three hour conversation about all those things. And, you know, I could end up driving him home because I was, I was driving and we ended up having a couple more hour conversation and he gave me a few books to read. And, you know, uh, I went back a week later and kind of finished them and he's like, oh shit. And like, usually people don't actually read the books that, you know, I recommend. And, um, you know, here's a couple more recommendations and it just started a kind of dating process of, you know, coffees and dinners and things. And just learning so much just through that alone. And at the time, you know, I had a, you know, a choice to go, how do I, you know, do I jump back into entrepreneurship, but keep trying to make, you know, face by work or, um, you know, I created an opportunity to become Sam's PA um, and effectively then jumped in to learn humility by being a PA and, you know, take notes and um, listen, drive Sam around and pick up his dry cleaning and whatever it would take to just be in the room and watch Sam build his businesses and, and his companies and things like that and just shut up and learn for the first you know said nothing for like for about two three years um started the pa progressed to about an ea which was more like an executive assistant um and then or like a 2ic by the end of the journey where i was just helping sam kind of run and start some of his businesses um but the end goal was always to return to the promised land of entrepreneurship and kind of run my own venture again and build my own team and kind of run a, you know a, a product and company that i would want to run and so sam and i started hatching the idea of shine um together very much so uh, about three as i said four four and a half years ago we kind of first started looking at the idea and and then we launched uh, one july 2016 online only and then we kind of launched offline into wholesalers uh, at the start of 2017. um so that's that's the, the background to shine <laughs> that's hell of a story and one thing that you picked up and mentioned before is the personal development the internal stuff not necessarily the direct business skills how important because i know like i was saying before for me that's been more important than any of the other skills getting your mindset in the right place and humbling yourself because i can i can relate to having a little bit of the ego before <laughs> and then having to find a way to rein that in so i mean yeah what what's your take on if somebody is in a similar situation, they don't really have like a mentor or anything yet, but they understand that they need to go about getting that in check, like the, the ego side of things or the mindset side of things, where would you advise they go? Um, mate, I just immerse myself in books. So yeah. I realized as a kid, whilst I didn't read books, it was because all the books I was given were fiction books mm -hmm. and there's something so practical and so beautiful about, you know, some fiction books, but mostly I just found, you know, so much value in nonfiction books. Um, particularly around self-help or um, motivation or entrepreneurship biographies were my kind of sweet spot mm. reading about Rockefeller or Ben Franklin or Steve Jobs or um, you know Da Vinci and these type of guys 
and just learning as much as I could through almost, while some people can't get mentors maybe physically, particularly now in the kind of coronavirus situation, mm. but you know, they can definitely learn from some of the world's greatest in history through, you know, a yeah. number of books that have been published about them or they're published themselves. It's like, if you want to have a conversation with Benjamin Franklin, you can like probably read his autobiography. It's like having one of his best conversations. With him. So it's like his um, entire life's work in one book. Yeah. Like the best part exactly, of the right. highlights. <laughs> and sometimes you need to read his thoughts and then some objective thoughts mm. from the external viewpoint to kind of figure out where his own blind spots are and learn from them. But, you know, reading between the lines and what these greats did, you can really pick up the lessons and not hopefully, as we talked about at the start, you know, have to bear the scars of getting it wrong yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it, entrepreneurship is such a personal journey. It's inward before it's outward. Like you will never have external success if you can't yeah. master your internal uh, yeah. soul and, and success first. See, I, I kind of didn't realize that we started Neurotech and our first product, Clarity. We kind of just went straight in like, yeah, business will make money. We'll be richer. And yeah. then we hit all the walls of the ego and all the other things like, fuck we had to take a step back. That was one of the major reasons why we did pretty much put it on hold for about nine months, just to sort no, ourselves out, get in the right place again, and then get going. Just take a couple of steps back to then hopefully like launch on the way back. Like through that time, like it was a very deliberate for myself, my own personal journey, like a deliberate um, isolation. Effectively, like I mm. went from two and a half, three thousand friends on Facebook to about two hundred. You know, I didn't see most of it or any of my friends realistically for about two and a half years. I didn't go to the parties. I lost contact with all of them. I stopped drinking for about two and a half years as well. Um, you know, I was up at 4.24 every day and still am for the last six years now. That's early, um, man. <laughs> meditation daily, like exercise. It starts at the gym just building like mental resilience and kind of physical endurance mm-hmm. and tenacity because that's what entrepreneurship is going to be. It's a mm-hmm. series of challenges and you just kind of need to level up each time to, to kind of overcome it. So, you know, that was all the personal work I did for the three years in this apprenticeship role with Sam. Mm. And then has just set, set us up nicely for the success we've had in shine only because we've just leveraged people's experience that have done this before. Like, you know, yeah, instead yeah. of when I first started face by was like, Hey, I'm the smartest kid. I'm just going to go figure this out. Like you do what I want to uh, do, not what people want. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, versus with Shine, it was like, hey, I'm going to go talk to literally people who built and sold their companies in beverages for hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars from international and Australia. Like, the, you know, nude guys or the Coke guys or the Red Bull guys or the um, 5 a.m. guys or, you know, yeah. I'm just obsessed with these stories. You know, reach out to these people and, you know, nine times out of ten, they're so friendly and helpful because you know, they've put their life and their passion into this industry and into a product as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, often they'll be more than happy to share a couple of tips. And I think the ego stops you from asking the help because, you know, you don't want to <laughs> seem like you don't want to know what you're doing. You want to be the guy with the answers. It's like, like the reality is we just don't know what we're doing for the first 10 years, probably. Like yeah. you'd still just always be a student, always be learning, right? That's it. Like it's a process and you can't really skip through the process. You need to get in there and learn. You don't know what you don't know until you speak to the people and ask for the advice. And like we've been in, I've been in a similar boat as well. So you got one of the shines cracked open. <laughs> yeah. um, the new blueberry lemonade, actually. Yeah, I haven't actually just given one of those out yet. Into Caltex last week, actually. So, I've got to go and find myself one of those. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it could be my new favorite flavor. Mm. 
but it's like your children, right? Like you don't know which one's your favorite. <laughs> well, switch gears a little bit, just as you pick the shine up, you kind of piqued a, an intro or question in me. What was it about the nootropic side of things that got you into it? Like, what is it about the health and nootropics that is where you wanted to go with the business, not anywhere else? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. And, and very much all that things we just discussed around personal development mindset and things like that, as we as we know it's a holistic approach to like how do we be the best versions of ourselves and how do we keep improving and that was where i guess the the kind of premise of what we wanted to do as a business it was all about you know how do we create products to help people think better feel better do better um and that was in line with just because that's what i wanted to do and you know my first app product um we the, the core customer of that was you know, 35 year old female selling secondhand dresses online. And I just don't know anything about 30 year old dresses, females selling dresses online. Like I had no idea who the customer was. So I made a bunch of mistakes in that regard as well. Hmm. Versus at the end of day, like myself and um, the the initial CEO of Shine, uh, who set up all the manufacturing and product development things, you know, end of day, we're like, we love this product so much. We're just sitting in this warehouse and drink every last bottle if we need to. Uh, because we were literally just making a product because we loved it so much. Um, yeah. Through those long hours, you know, I talked about getting up early and kind of working quite hard mm-hmm. um, for, for many years. I was always looking and experimenting with different things to kind of keep energy high and keep sustained mm-hmm. focus and keep mental clarity um, without hopefully compromising sleep too much. Like I'd sleep not much, so it'd be quite an optimized sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, over stimulants and things like that, caffeine is not the solution all the time. No. Nah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you, you can do yourself a lot of damage with too much caffeine on that regard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, through that natural experimentation and curiosity, I discovered nootropics and, um, you know, everything from the natural ones to the more hardcore synthetics, like the modafinils or the racetam families yeah, or yeah. Um, some of the, the peptides, like new pets and things. But just keen to try all the different versions and all the different styles and kind of see what works and I found they definitely work, but are they sustainable, you know, every single day over a long period of time? Yeah. I would find not so much, uh, you know, yet burn out pretty quickly versus some of the more natural ones, you know, if it's um, ginkgo or um, bacopa or lion's mane and the mushroom kind of families mm-hmm. um, into L-theanine caffeine combos, like that kind yeah, of stuff. Classics. Um, so I found they were a bit more sustainable, something I could drink every day. Mm-hmm. And then just globally, I was just looking around going, is anyone done you know a drink that helps with cognitive function and not really or at least no one had scaled it well there have been a few yeah. people in the u.s that have tried it um i think either from their branding or timing or things like that didn't work for whatever reason um but like red bull launched a kombucha 16 years ago like timing plays a huge really? part in this well yeah <laughs> Mate, they launched it and they obviously failed dismally and you've never heard about red bull kombucha but yeah. um they were too early to the trend. Now there's, you know, a few billion dollar kombucha brands. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's timing as well as execution and, and things like that as well. So um, we started experimenting with nootropics personally, mm-hmm. started looking into the space, um, kind of that 2016 period. And then around that same time, we were looking at um, just the scientific papers that were coming out, particularly not so much on nootropics, but just, you know, some of your more stables like amino acids or um, omega-3s, um, magnesium, that kind of stuff mm. had been shown just 
at the, the top level of science to be you know very effective over time yeah, in definitely in people's cognitive, cognitive function and uh sam who's the mentor and business partner in shine his other business and kind of you know his first business was um zambrero mexican restaurants yeah 200 yeah. um zambrero across australia and, and internationally now and um we started working on a project you know with the iq range and the iq bowl um within zambrero and we launched it and it just did very well you know it, people paid an extra couple of bucks for this kind of iq salsa that would have these magnet you know magnesium and mega threes and some amaranth seed and a few other things and we're like interesting so people are clearly open to be paying for something to help with their cognitive function and the the, the demographic of zambros is you know professionals and and students and things and that kind of confirmed our thinking that no one was doing this in drinks and there might be a, you know a good market for this and um yeah so then we looked at the science um to figure out what we could put in uh, or, or what we'd like to put in realistically and then we looked at the legals and then figured out what we could put in from a legal point of view and that kind of like halved our list if not cross, more cross 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 yeah we went through yeah. the exact same boat like, oh, <laughs> this 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 you can have two out of ten <laughs> yeah exactly so um and you know there's good reason for that like it's healthy and safe you know from the masses um you know we don't know how some of these things might react on a large scale of things so yeah you know we we tried to play our best to make sure it's a safe product and you know we we had views of there's there's biohackers mm -hmm. and like those guys are so passionate about this space that they're going to make their own stacks and they're going to do their own research and and from where the food standards is we're never going to make a product that they're going to be like over the moon stoked with because yes. you know they're going to be like oh you don't have the right ratios or you know your ginkicide quality is too low and you know you do curcumin you buy pepperin like you need to be crossing the blood vein barrier like all the, the common arguments will come up which as a, a mass market product you're just never going to be able to solve like they live in the niche yeah. because that's part of the identity as well like they want to be the bleeding edge early adopters talking about mitochondria M mass market 97 percent of people aren't in that that frame yeah, of mind yeah yeah, yeah. I, I completely uh, agree <laughs> So we're like, let's not try and win the biohackers because, you know, one, we're not building a product or commercial business for them. But two, how do we build something in mass market that the general population who are looking for something to help them think, feel and do better in a kind of new and interesting way and kind of use mass market natural ingredients and kind of give it to them in a format that tastes good, it's low sugar, it's natural. Um, you know, I think there was a real opportunity for that. And, and, and that's where we've kind of uh, been and, and, and so far so good I, I gotta laugh that thought process is very very similar to what we went through <laughs> which led it's interesting that similar ideas similar research at about the same time like we were looking into this early or probably like late 2016 as well doing the research doing the trialing ourselves and yeah. then just got down like a slightly different route i find that really fascinating well what we've got on, yeah, the, on the topic of and you guys, um, obviously Alpha Brain in the US is a good example of a commercially successful nootropic and they're captured yeah. their bread and butter. Um, but they obviously did their Alpha Brain Instant, which is that kind of pre-mix into a powder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I was, yeah, always looking at more, how does this look in a petrol convenience store? How does this look next to an energy drink? Or how does this look like, you know, how do we sell this for lots of money or build this to be bigger than Red Bull or something? Um, and I found the instant powder market wasn't going to get us there in terms of just the size of the market. And do you think that is an insight you wouldn't have had if you didn't 
mentor under Sam? Like, do you think that's just that you learned from his insights and his experience more so than figuring out yourself? It's interesting to think about what may have been different if you didn't go through that whole mentor journey. Um, I don't know, because my, my idea with face buy was like sell it to Facebook for like a billion dollars. So mm. I've always thought quite big. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't, um, it wasn't just Sam going, Hey, let's do it that way. Um, there was probably a couple of things. One, there was, it was really who we looked at to then model. And we were looking at companies like Red Bull, five hour energy, um, yeah, yeah. um, Nudie in Australia buy, which sold to Dr. Pepper for 1.7 billion, um, vitamin water like they were the case studies and then it kind of just suggested okay maybe we should be looking at food and beverage and you know how do we make this mass market scalable through a distribution and operations model um and and they were the people we spoke to so we, we never actually engaged or studied too closely the, the powders or the pills mm-hmm. um knowing as well that they were more kind of maybe targeted to the biohackers as well yeah slightly more niche that's, that's interesting the insights are very interesting. I can see why you went down that route now, which is good. <laughs> um, I had a, something that popped into my head just before. You were talking about crackers and things you do. Was that an aura ring I spotted on your finger? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think we've all got them. Well just done, touching yeah. on, on that point, I mean, what else have you found? What else do you personally do really to get your energy up, get your mindset on board, help your health, optimize it in any way? Um. I feel like I'm my best when there's like a, a huge challenge in front of me mm-hmm. and like the challenge needs to scare me the first time we kind of think about doing it. Um, so like last year we did, I did it, my first Ironman um, competition and I think that's, you see my bike in the background. See the bike, yeah. um, that was like when someone was like, Hey, it's like a 4k swim and a 100k bike rider than a marathon in like one event. I was like, I don't okay. think that's possible. Like, that's, and I was sitting on the couch at like 105 kgs, just going, no way. Like, and they were like, all right, fuck it, let's do it. And um, that was in November, December. And then we kind of had to go by bike and learn to bike, like bike ride properly. And, you know, Jan and Deb getting into it. And, and then June, yeah, I was like, did my first Ironman. It was like an incredible event. But the, the discipline needed to then kind of train for 25 to 30 hours a week. And, you know, through that last month. Yes, a couple hours before work, a couple hours after work every day, and then like five, six hour sessions on weekends. Like it's, mm-hmm. a, it's. I would be able to do it again, knowing how much of a time commitment that was. <laughs> um, but the, the the kind of the world's aligned in terms of timing of it. But um, you know, at the moment, Andrew, who's the guy who was the COO, uh, who's now started his own business as well, though, mm-hmm. um, doing this kind of running across Australia or the equivalent distance at the moment. So. Each day for the next 365 days, we run on average about 11.2 Ks a day. Um, so then amount. in the, in the space of a year, you kind of run the equivalent of East to West coast. Um, so that's kind of the, the latest thing. And I'm on day 11 at the moment. So I've run 120. Um, my legs are starting to feel a little bit, but 11 Ks a day, it's uh, going to stack up over a couple of weeks, especially. Yeah, man, hundred percent. So I think exercise for me, like mental like you would know the studies behind nootropics are great for enhancing brain performance, but you know, they're a five or 10% kind of edge you might get, you know, yeah. the, the core, yeah. right. The core is sleep, exercise, nutrition, and like general nutrition of what you put into your body. So um, I try and make sure they're in line. And so if I'm exercising really hard aggressively towards the goal, then I, that for me, that's the lead domino. 
then my diet's good to fuel the exercise routine and then my sleep's good to try and recover in time for the exercise routine. Um, yeah. So for me, that's my cornerstone. Mm-hmm. I'm always doing, if it's either powerlifting stuff or a bit more endurance stuff, like on New Year's Eve, Andrew and I did an ADK run just to finish off the decade and we started Catch at 3am. <laughs> yeah, and we ran past all these guys getting drunk. We're just like, man, like mentally we're just winning right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's um, But yeah, so like, yeah, exercise is a big part of me for sure. Um, and then that follows into sleep and, and diet, but diet for me changes a bunch with different routines. I might try it if it's keto, if it's um, paleo, if it's vegan, like I've just tried them all. If it's fasted, we do in the office, um, you know, three day fast every couple of months. And then we might do a five or seven day, maybe once a year. That's just a reset. A long time. Um, yeah. I love fasting. I pretty much do 24 yeah. hours, a couple of times a week and then, Oh, nice. Yeah, two or three day, maybe a qu- once a quarter. I've never done five days. That sounds like a bloody long time. After three days, like it's this list kind of state that happens, and oh, really? you kind of just forget about food. Yeah, I so feel like in the first couple. Of- <laughs> yeah, mm. and then like as you know, like the contrast when you first introduce that first salad, like you have such appreciation for that salad. Yeah, where salad if you, yeah, if you binge in on chocolate and you know ice creams or you know, just sugars and stuff like the salad just feels bland and tasteless and you just don't look forward to it. Mm. But when you've kind of just tripped back every other dopamine hit, you know, that little piece yeah. of juicy lettuce is just like the best thing you've ever tasted. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's something I've been like thinking about and touching on researching lately. It's the whole dopamine side of things, how you can, the dopamine yeah. fasting. So for me, social media, just avoiding it and doing like detox and dopamine fast after about a day, my like, focus and like desire to work on the things that I didn't necessarily want to do before just skyrockets. It's like your brain yeah. needs something to do, but you've just lowered like, the threshold for what it accepts. Yeah. yeah. And then contrast, right? Like mm. I think why you, you, by doing that, you can start, start appreciating why, you know, the monks and things get so excited about like yeah. sweeping the, the, the leaves from the courtyard, because like, if you literally take every other thing that could excite dopamine around social hierarchy statuses and games mm-hmm. from you know obviously social media but phones and technology and mm-hmm. um sugar and pornography and games and action movies like you take all of that out and then the it's like a, a gentle pond now and then the, like the smallest little ripple is going to be like a beautiful wave to watch versus yeah. if it's like the aggressive seas and up and down all the time you you'll miss a ripple every single time yeah, it, it, it's like that. I sometimes feel that we need to go through cycles. At least that's something I've been trying lately. So cycling between like going my card out and like necking it down like 18 or probably like 16 hour days kind of thing on the business. And then pairing that with three or four days off of completely doing nothing. Like That seems to be working well for me. Just the contrast in the cycles. Yeah, yeah. You got to, I think we strive for novelty, right? And as humans like that's a huge dopamine factor or i think if you look into the principles of flow states right like yeah. novelty is one of the drivers for flow like even if you're reading textbooks which are pretty dry then doing it in a different cafe every day can kind of give you the stimulation needed to make it feel like you know you're excited by it mm. <laughs> and again that comes back to the personal development side of things which is <laughs> yeah it's so vitally important um another i had another question that you piqued my interest on when you were talking about starting the business. Cause I know from our point of view, starting the business, we, we bootstrapped it from the start. Is that, has that been your experience? And if you had like a choice or an insight, what 
would you choose? Because there's, there's a lot of conflicting information about whether people should go and try and seek funding or they should bootstrap it and hold on to all of the, like the ownership themselves. Like, I wonder if you have any thoughts on that. Um, the more you can do yourself, the better, obviously, I think. Particularly right now, like the, the global economic and financial crisis that we're kind of going through is, I think, just made profit a lot more sexy again. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this kind of almost Ponzi scheme that's been going on with raising more and more money through Silicon Valley and things like that. And yes. that's the sunset on that's kind of here where people are just not going to just raise more, 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 more money on pretty dodgy underlying business fundamentals. Mm-hmm. I think just don't do shit that doesn't make money, build an actual business. And then that's going to be the most valuable thing in town for the next mm-hmm. kind of maybe five or 10 years, particularly as we come in out of what was an incredible cycle for the last probably 12 or 13 years. Um, yeah. So for me, when, when entrepreneurs kind of ask about the fundraising piece, it's, it's like give them enough of a reason to know this already works. I, I imagine just trying to get to as much as possible around product market fit showing that the core assumptions of the business are tested um, test and test your assumptions with your own money and then kind of scale it maybe with other people's money. Um, but as long as you're not trying to figure out what works still with other people's money, um, yeah, I think yeah. one, you give up too much equity Two, I think it's probably morally irresponsible um, taking a bet just with no, I guess, personal risk. Um, and, and number three, um, you just learn so much more the hard way by bootstrapping and being so conscious of every dollar spent where does it get returned like you know what should we do with this money this month and managing cash flow managing creditors payment terms all that like good fundamental business knowledge that you should have within the first kind of couple years of building a business Mm -hmm. if you scale it those problems become 10 times worse very quickly and that's why you you know you might have yeah exactly right um so yeah we you know, obviously Sam's a successful entrepreneur, so we'll, you know, don't get me wrong. Like we were in a much better position than most, um, definitely. And also not just from the money thing, but Sam is a well-respected entrepreneur. So there's friends and things like that, that he had that could open a couple of doors, or at least get a meeting with some of the, the retailers. Um, but, you know, end of day, once you can get a, a meeting, but the product needs to sell once it's in there, or else you'll get kicked out after two weeks. Like these buyers who get, you know, top down pressure to put the product in, they've got bonuses end of month. They've got bonuses that they are not going to care about um, given up because you know, someone who might know the, the cut, you know, a couple above in, in the organization. Um, but also I think the, the thing we took from day one, like I think we ran our first batch like off free samples. So like we had a, yeah, we had we had a manufacturer and just doing little shots at the time. Mm. Uh, these ones, yeah, yeah. Our first, product. we had a manufacturer in a, like literally like a kitchen in a garage in 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 Melbourne. Just make um, it. Yeah, man, like just in a saucepan kind of stuff. Like, and he would bottle it in his garage, and then his and his wife would like get really shitty because like she couldn't park the car because all the shine stuff was there, and he's like, man, you're gonna have to find somewhere else. Like, this is hurting my marriage, and I was like, all right. <laughs> So like they were, that's where we started. Like it was just flying down to Melbourne and just like hand packing this stuff with this guy who we met through a friend of a friend. Um, you know, we got enough to then launch online with, and we thought we had enough for like two months worth of stuff. We sold out in like 32 hours or something like that. <laughs> okay. we're like, right, we called him. We're like, mate, we need some more. And he's like, mate, I'm like, I'm out. Like no way you get more. 
Um, he's like, I'll give you one more batch. So we've got one more batch for online. But by that point, you know, we knew, we knew we had something that people at least wanted enough to make the next bet. So it wasn't like betting everything on that first round. It was like, let's just spend enough to figure out if people want this. And then if that's true, then spend a bit more and spend a bit more and spend a bit more. And, yeah, you know, yeah. the first manufacturing run we did then for a trial of Zambrero, 15 stores we only got, it was like, okay, cool. We'll figure out the order and then they pay us. And then we align payment terms with the manufacturer. You know, we were actually kind of cash flow positive for that first like cycle. That's good. Um, that's and what you want. We, we got enough samples from the, you know, the functional guys and the flavor guys and the, you know, the other people to then, you know, because we'll buy in such small amounts, like they were just giving it to us. It's, it's you know, factory dust for them. Yeah. Um, where it was enough for us to prove a business model out. And then, you know, as we scaled, we've definitely brought on other people and other partners and stuff to help us scale. But we had a pretty good understanding of product market fit by that point. Mm. That's good. It sounds like such a natural progression, which is generally from what I've seen and heard the way to go. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't be flying blind trying to force something to happen if the market just keeps pushing back. Like, I would always, you know, almost detach, look internally and go, what what are people loving and kind of keep coming back to? And mm. What are they just not getting? And why do we keep having to, like, convince them on this one point? Like, in the end of day, customer is right. Like, you kind of need to, you need to, I don't think the customer never needs to innovate for you. Like, they don't need to tell you what to do but they definitely need to like agree what you're doing is the right thing. Like, yeah, it's for them in the end. You, you're not making it for yourself. I mean, generally you are, but if it's only a very, very small population of amount of people who want it, then you're not going to get that far. Not as far as you'd like to get. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. What on that point then, if you can, I'm not sure if you're allowed to share anything where or what is next for shine. Like where would you guys be looking to head? Um, I think in Australia, there's, a usual trend to like import good ideas from America and, and the and the world. Um, we did that with like boost juice or with Mexican food or with, um, you know, nudie juice was very much, um, you know, from the UK with innocence juice. And um, generally we follow trends overseas. However, I think, I think right now would be probably the biggest nootropic beverage um, in America. Like I think probably globally therefore by a size. Um, we're in about 5,000 odd stores now in Australia. The next best I can see in the US is probably in about maybe a thousand, like in their first kind of national key account. Yeah, so I yeah. think there's an actual opportunity to maybe export good ideas to the US for once. And mm. if you think about Australian retail environment, you know, manufacturing expenses are really quite high given that labor is so expensive. Yeah, yeah. Um, distribution is really quite high because we've got such land mass with such small population density cost of goods in terms of like supplies is kind of roughly the same anywhere in the world because it's an international supply chain mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then retails is generally about the same as well. So mm-hmm. Australia is almost one of the hardest environments to make money in retail um, in terms yeah, of physical yeah. goods manufacturing and sales. So if you can make money in Australia and kind of almost Larry Ellison says this, some people get um, burnt in the fire, others get forged in the fire. Mm-hmm. So I almost think like Australian retail is a bit like a fire. And if you can, if you can survive that, then, you know, you've got a pretty good unit economics and business fundamentals to, to, to maybe take it to the U S. So um, I, I go over there maybe once every couple of months or maybe once every couple of quarters. Um, I've got some friends there that have been very helpful to us from an advisor point of view. And um, so yeah, the U S is definitely on our, on our horizon. Um, Conquer the world. Probably can't tell you when, but uh, it's, yeah, yeah. it's it will happen. And 
And for me, it's like, we want to make sure we've got a really good business here in Australia. Um, you know, we've got a foot in the door, we've got great relationships, we've got, you know, a really good, you know, first two, three years in the market, kind of in the wholesale game. I think we're the fastest growing beverage brand, like zero to four in the last couple of decades. So wow. like, I think we just want to make sure we continue that trajectory and, and almost like not just be the new kids on the block and give us a chance, but it, like now this category, what we're doing in kind of transforming, you know, particularly getting people off traditional energy drinks that yeah. are full of sugar and artificials and things like get them onto a better energy source like nootropics mm-hmm. and kind of getting them to swap up their behaviors around avoiding sugars and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that kind of next mission and doing that in, in a bigger scale in Australia. Yeah, that seems to be the trend towards health and health conscious things. Though everyone seems to be trending away from all the bad, like sugar and everything, and now it's all these health drinks popping up, all these healthy foods, all the, like the fitness and gyms. Maybe it's just I'm in the echo chamber of seeing all of this, but it seems to be yeah, that's no, it's, where it's, it's going. General trend, like you know, um, I think Kombucha's done a great job in Australia to yeah. break that mold for um, soft drinks. Like they are kind of more now just a guilt-free soft drink. Um, where we're kind of asking the question of like, well, what is a guilt-free or what is a better version of an energy drink look like? And I think we make a pretty good case for what it might look like. Yeah. 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 I mean, definitely. I've tried them a few times. It was one of the, the first nootropics I really tried because it was so available. It's, it's good stuff. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. Did you try the little shot or the big one? I tried the little yeah. one. This is, I think, when you only had the little one a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got yeah, a, oh, the old school day one yeah, yeah. <laughs> the og yeah nice <laughs> i'm gonna have to make a trip down to the caltex and find one of the other ones yeah man the the blueberry wow. lemonade's delicious um or the the classic sparkling ones the wild tropical mm-hmm. uh given you kind of know your new tropics i'd recommend the the extra strength just because the ratio of l-theanine into caffeine's uh two to one which is fantastic and or there's the peach and passion fruit which is probably a crowd favorite in terms of flavors oh really that's the one yeah yeah interesting well um that's uh, that's everything i wanted to touch on is there anything you wanted to share anything you want everyone to know anyone to know about no i'm i'm as i said happy to share any type of knowledge or um experiences that i've done and i'm just still trying to learn as much as i can myself and mm-hmm. uh you know help everyone out as much as we can and this is such a good space to be in and i think the more people that know about new tropics and yeah that are kind of getting uh, awareness around it, the better for everyone. Yeah. And where can people go if they want to get their hands on some shine? It's not at a server. Uh, shinedrink.com. They can yeah. get it delivered straight to their homes um, or, you know, 7-Eleven, Caltex, uh, Woolworths, Metro's, supermarkets like Coles. So pretty uh, much everywhere. I think we can get every postcode now, which is cool. That's a pretty cool thing to have. You can get it literally yeah. everywhere now. I think so, yeah. I think so. Through the 7-Eleven and um, also Coles Express, sorry, is another big one. And Caltex, I think they've got it pretty much covered. Uh, and then Zambrero is our kind of obviously food service partner. You get a That's, good uh, tasty burrito as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've had Zambrero before. It's it's good. I think it's better than Guzzi's. For sure. Yeah. All right, well, um, if we want to wrap it up, my man, I've got to yeah, run off soon. Thanks for having me. Yeah, indeed. Thank you very much. It's been a, it's been a great chat. <laughs>